0: Check this out. Weekend Warrior is on the air
1: from the epicenter of sports in the Southland.
0: ESPN LA 777. 7, with Dr. Robert Clapper, board-certified orthopedic surgeon at Cedar sinai Health Associates. What's going on, LA? This is Kobe Bryant. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Start your weekend off right, listening to The Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I'm too much scheidenfreuding. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Oh, am I excited to talk to my next guest. She's special. She's got a big job to do. The great Jody Delaney. Jody, thanks so much for making time to be with us this morning.
1: Good morning, Dr. Clapper. What a pleasure.
0: Uh, I'm having so much fun, but I do each and every Saturday for 12 years now on ESPN. And I got to be honest with you, a lot of the sound bites that I pull to talk about the world of art and music... Come from the interviews of the METV legends, which you are responsible for. And I can't thank you enough to hear Jack Klugman talking about hiring his brother who had bone cancer for the Rahmanis of it, of just to help his brother out who lived in Philadelphia and brings him to his house in california while he's doing the quincy show and says you know what i'm getting bored can i write some of the scripts and he goes are you crazy you're in the schmata business what do you know about writing scripts and then jack klugman (laughs) to then say we use 17 of my brother's ideas in episodes oh my god and then to hear larry king who's not here anymore talk about frank sinatra who's not here anymore about that very first time he came on his show and made him Larry King. These things are beyond the word priceless. It's just amazing to house them. So give us, Jody, a little bit of the history. First of all, I'd love to know a little bit about you. Where did you grow up? What did your father do for a living? And how did you end up in the TV business?
1: Well, good question. I mean, I grew up in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Wow. Uh, my father was a farmer. Yeah, both both of my parents were farmers in Central Minnesota. My mom was one of 10 kids and my dad's twin brother had 14 kids, so I'm I'm pretty much related to everyone in Central Minnesota.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> But yeah, I,
1: I, I graduated from the University of Minnesota, and uh, no lie, my parents actually gave me luggage uh, as a graduation <laughs> gift, and at my graduation party, my bags were packed, and I went to New York City the next day, and uh, I had a week-long adventure, where when, and by Wednesday morning of that week-long adventure, I had a job, and by Wednesday evening, I had an apartment, and I stayed there for uh, about 18 years.
0: Oh, my so, God. So, uh, Did you know anybody in New
1: York? I had one friend, actually, the guy I was dating at the time, uh, his sister was working there, and she actually really helped me plugged in. I know you were talking about gratitude earlier. I I am forever grateful to this woman who helped me really launch my career as a young person in New York City. Um, And I eventually ended up in Peter Jennings' documentary unit at ABC News, and that was actually my first time getting familiar with archives, right, because we did a project about the 20th century, and um, we, we, I, I started to have a connection to archives all over the world and really understanding the importance of them, uh, the importance of preserving them, which is actually a whole story unto itself, nice. um, because you can't all these mediums that you record on can deteriorate. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I learned a lot and it kind of, you know, just leading me up to where I am now. Um, it was a really great start just to learn about, you know, number one, the importance of storytelling Mm-hmm. Um, and number two, right, keep keeping those um, in shape and in good condition so that people can learn from it for years to come.
0: So I, this is fascinating, you're, you're, forget about talking about Jack <laughs> Klugman, you're more fascinating than, than any of these other people. You, what did you learn from an uncle, a grandparent in the world of mm. farming that relates to what you do now archiving the history of television?
1: Well, isn't it interesting that you're, I mean, the stories of the stories of your family, mm-hmm. right? they They stick with you forever. And mm-hmm. when you talk about gratitude, I know that my parents, they ended up, they they eventually left farming. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, farming is a hard thing to do. I was—I actually grew up in the city. My siblings were born uh, in northern Minnesota, and I grew up in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the stories that were shared from farming were really how, you know, sticking with it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, handling diversity, mm-hmm. or, I mean, adversity, I'm sorry, uh, being resilient. Um, and I think that a lot of these stories from our TV pioneers, I mean, they were inventing things as they went along, right? Mm-hmm. This archive goes all the way back to like what TV was invented. So, you know, it's how do you continue to innovate, you know, when things are hard? Um, how do you create things that you're, you can think of but you can't really see them yet?
0: Do you remember um, a story so yeah. where the other farming family in the farm next door came and loaned your grandfather a tractor because his broke?
1: Well, I'll, I mean, I don't know about a broke tractor, but I can tell you that it was complete community. Yeah, right. Really, really helping each right. other. My, um, I know that my parents' farm was next to my uncle's farm, who was a dairy farmer, mm. and they were completely dependent on each other. Right. right. I think the biggest stories I've heard, my mom used to make dinners, right, or lunches for, you know, 20 guys because they would all come and harvest together, hmm. and then they'd go to the next guy's house
0: and har- help him exactly. harvest, you know, his exactly. farm. So,
1: I mean, it's, you know, it's very old school stuff, but that's that's the way it worked, and that's the way they grew up. So, for, um, so me, that's what my family do.
0: for me, as a layperson, listening to these archives that you preserve, thank God, you and your people do, yeah, it's <laughs> about the... The woman or the man who's getting that individual prize. But I gotta tell you, after all these years of really listening carefully to what they're saying, what they're getting their prize, the ones that stand out to me the most is they're allowing us to go now behind the scenes and thank the people that actually make the TV that you who aren't getting the individual award. And that is what I think is really the beauty of what the emmy is is the allowing us to get down the rabbit hole and see all the other creatures that are involved so that that person can get that individual award what is it that you see most powerful in winning the emmy well i
1: mean the emmy is really it's a very relevant award still right after all these years it recognizes excellence um, and to be recognized by your peers, right? Because these are all voted on by Television Academy members who are all in the same business. It's meaningful. Um, it's been and it's been meaningful for a long time. And it was interesting talking about Columbo, right? Columbo ran from you know 1971 to 1978. Mm-hmm. They got seven Emmys wow. in that time. Three wow. for Peter Falk and one for, one for the series actually. But but what I love about the archive is that it you know uh, like you say all these little tidbits are in there. These are oral history style. Uh, interviews right some of them are three four hours long mm-hmm. and so you can get into like we, we actually have the interview with William Link who created Columbo mm-hmm. so there's little tidbits in there like you know and maybe you may or may not know this but like they originally wrote it for Bing Crosby right right so it would have been you know
0: you'd we'll have show. a pipe not a cigar right <laughs> exactly. You know,
1: and and actually the premiere was directed by a young Steven Spielberg. So, you know, you listen to William Link tell these stories and you realize like, "Oh my goodness, there's a whole story behind, you know, this show, you know, this actor, you know, how how it inverted, you know, the classic detective story, right? I used to watch this with my mom by the way, so I could talk about Columbo all day. <laughs> but um, but that is the beauty of this archive, right? It is it's like a buried treasure. And, and just for your listeners, you can actually go to televisionacademy.com, you know, slash interviews, and, and it's fully searchable. So you can actually search, you know, people who talk about Peter Falk um, or, you know, pretty much almost any moment in TV history. Um, and, and even we even have people talking about Columbo who were co-stars, right? Like Tyne, Tyne mm-hmm. Daly, Suzanne Flachette, Sybil Shepard, Angela Lansbury, like they all appeared in Colombo, and so you can go and find their interviews and hear them talk about their experience, you know, appearing as a guest star on Colombo. So yeah, it goes on and on and on. It's it's. Uh, I well, feel like we're unburying a treasure right now.
0: I have because I can multitask. Whilst I'm talking to you, my Twitter is blowing up, <laughs> and there's a listener <laughs> named George Sands who tweeted me. On November 5th, 1972, exactly one year after winning the fired game of their 33 straight, five Lakers appeared on an episode of Columbo Leroy Ellis, Keith wow. Erickson, Jim McMillan, and Pat Riley. So there you go. They were actually on Columbo. So there's your connection to ESPN and this being the Laker station uh, for talking to you, Jody Delaney, about Emmy TVs and Columbo. So I do, would love to pick your brain, if that's okay, because, I, you know, Michelangelo is dead 500 years. I can't talk to him, but I can talk to Jody Delaney about TV. In your opinion, as an expert, and you truly are, what what is a question that you ask that gets the most out of the director, the actor, the, the botchko that you're interviewing, the William Link? Tell me what it is that, first of all, do you have a favorite guest that, that came out, uh, on your TV, Emmy TV legends is you have a favorite one. And what kind of question brings out the best in these people? I just would love to know what you think.
1: Well, I hate to play favorites, but I actually did. I got to conduct one of these interviews. I commandeered it from my team um, a couple of years ago. I interviewed RuPaul,
0: hmm.
1: um, just because I really wanted to. I had met, I had met RuPaul when he was younger, um, and it was just a really fun experience. And I will say there is, a, there is one question um, that we absolutely ask everyone that I think is really relevant and interesting and gets a lot of great responses, and that is what advice would you give to people coming into your area of the industry, right? Because this archive has it has directors, it has sound people, it has you know, production designers. It's not just face talent. It's you know, all mm-hmm. levels of um, creation, right, for television, Hmm. um but that usually gets a really interesting response right what so because a lot of our um the people who use the archive are researchers right they're students hmm. so you know i mean and so in your world right there's we have some legendary sportscasters. So, if there's a student who wants to study to be a sportscaster, for instance, mm. they might go and they'll they'll hear um, what Al Michaels has to say, mm. you know, about what you should do if you want to become um, a wow. sportscaster like him. Right? Wow. We have Jim McKay, we have Bob Costas, we have Frank Gifford. Wow! Right? Ah, and, and 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 El actually, go, actually El Michaels, if I may, I, that's one because maybe your listeners would be interested in that. He talks; it's so interesting. He talks about sportscasting as an art form, mm. right? Right? And the role of a good sportscaster sort of like being in the flow of the game and he says something like, you know, the game is a melody and you provide the lyrics and you wow. know, think about that. It's really it's it's absolutely fascinating oh, to, to listen to out. their experiences and yeah, it's cool. It's cool.
0: Jody, can you stay on for another segment? We just take a break to pay some bills, is that okay? I because I really wanna ask you I, I really wanna pick your brain and take advantage because I wanna play some of the Botchko soundbite and have you teach us why it is so... Can you stay on? Sure. Yeah, okay, love it. All right, the great Jody Delaney. I'm so happy to have her from METV Legends from the Television Academy. She's the executive director. What a treat. All right, coming up next on the Weekend Warriors show, we'll get back to talk to her. We'll take a break. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN.